Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you that. You are with us all the time. You're standing strong, and we stand strong in you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we praise you today for your grace and for your mercy and for your loving kindness. Lord, we just lift up the name of Jesus this morning, and I thank you, God, that you are moving and touching lives. And, Lord, we thank you for your word this morning, that your word would flow through me, Father God, and that I would speak what you would have me to speak and that the words be anointed and would change our lives, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You, might be, you may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. You know, um, last week I started a sermon on strong faith, and I look to finish it up this week. But, you know, it's very important in this day and this time that we remain strong in Him and that our faith remains strong. You know, we, we, and we'll be talking about that, but, you know, how, how we do that and how we don't do that. And I encourage you, if you didn't hear last week, to so go back and listen to it. I'm going to give you a little bit of a review this morning. But, you know, how, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I've been doing this little study on our thought life, right and wrong thinking and all that, and it, it's very important. Um, if you want to know how somebody thinks, listen to what comes out of their mouth. They can say whatever, but what comes out of their mouth is the way they think. And we as Christians have to, to, to be light to the world. And so if we're saying the same thing that the world's saying, then there's something not right in our thinking. Amen. And how do we do our th change our thinking? Through the Word of God. That's what the Word tells us. So we're talking about strong faith. I'm just going to, I want to read a couple of the scriptures that we used. 1 Thessalonians 3, 7 says, so, so we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in faith. And that's what I'm talking about is, is if we're strong in our faith, then we are light to those around us. We're light to brothers and sisters around us. That, that they look and see how we are in our faith. Amen? Strong in the faith. Strong in our faith. Strong in listening to what God has to say. So we, we, we can be a witness to those around us so we can pull them down. Right? Amen. And then in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, we said, all, to, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given. Amen. And then in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10, it says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves, and we learned to rely on God, who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. So what they did is they... they, they um, at first, evidently, they were relying on themselves and on what they could do and what they couldn't do. 
And he said, when we stop doing that, God rescued us. When we stop relying on our own strength and our own things, then God rescued us. Amen. He brought us out to that. And then we went on and we talked about in um, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And then we talked about being pressed. What that meant was being pushed, being squeezed, being influenced, and being uh, persuasion coming against us, trying to persuade us in the ways of the world. But he said, we're not crushed. Amen? We are perplexed, but we're not driven by that perplexed. We're perplexed, which meant to be at a loss and to see have no way out. And many people are defeated by, they get perplexed, they get to the way out. And the enemy wants you to be in that place and in that position. He wants you to be perplexed. He wants your, your mind to think about, well, I can't make it out of this. This is just not going to be a way I'll make it out. But, and I ended up with this part, a big part of what faith is, is not understanding and yet believing. We don't have to understand to believe. You know, and I think about when we accept Christ, how many of us, when we accept Christ, really understand what that is? Right? But we still believe, right? We, I mean, for you to figure out in your mind how Jesus could die and be raised from the dead and how that could uh, forgive your sins and how your sins could be lived, how could you do that? Faith is not understanding and yet believing. You don't have to understand to believe. You don't have to understand how God's going to get you out of that situation. You just need to believe, right? Because there's some situations you come into, like, there's no earthly way. That's right. Sometimes we, we, in that, we rely on God because he can do it. He can bring us out. And then we ended up with, it's a choice. We decide whether we want to believe God or not. We decide whether we want to be uh, pulled into that situation or not. We decide whether we want to go with God or not. Even when it doesn't look like anything's going to happen, we keep pressing. Romans 14, 23, it says, He that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So, if you eat, what they're talking about, some of them are talking about, do we eat, can we eat this, and can we eat that? Because there were Jewish laws, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. And Paul said to eat it. But he's saying here, if you eat it and you doubt it, and not of faith, then it says you're down. In other words, you're going to have problems, right? You're going to have issues. Well, I'm going to eat it, but I don't, I'm not sure that I should. Well, you need to be sure that you should before you bite off more than you can chew, I guess you could say in a way. In other words, you want to step out and do what God says. It's a choice. But it says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That's a big thing to think about. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And then he goes into verse 8. I'll pick it up here. But, but not driven to despair. What is despair? Basically, the definition of despair is utter loss of hope, despondency. 
Don't be driven to just, you don't have any hope. You don't have any hope anymore. You know, if the faith part of you doesn't get down and doesn't get, lose hope. Says Paul said, even, even though all this stuff was going on, Paul on the inside of him didn't lose his faith. He didn't lose his hope in God. He didn't let anguish get inside of him. You know, the Spirit of God lives in us. In the, the Word says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? We house the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're, we're a triune being. We have um, our spirit man, and then we have our soulish area and our physical bodies. And even though all things are, kind of things are going on here and in here, we, can't, we don't lose what's in here, right? We need to keep that strong so that as we talk about renewing our mind, it comes from the Spirit out. The, the, the Word feeds our spirit. The Word of God feeds our spirit man. And when our spirit man is fed, then it comes out, right? It comes out of our mind. It comes out of our physical bodies. And, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on. There's been a lot of sickness and all kinds of stuff. And we can, we can how do I put this <laughs> in a way you'll understand? We can succumb to it in the fact that well, it's just going to be this way. We're going to be, we're not going to be able to do anything because we're going to be sick or we're going to be able to, No, we can't do that. This is coming on. This is coming. Paul's like, this is coming on. This is coming on. Paul had a, a, a thorn in the flesh, but he kept going. He kept doing what he didn't let that stop him. We can't let anything stop us from going forward in God. Amen. Things that are hard, things that are trouble. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? It can't get in you unless you allow it to. You, and when I'm talking about inside, to change your spirit, man, you can't, unless you allow it in, and you know, it might be around you, it might be up in your face, but it doesn't have to get inside of you and make you down and despaired and troubled and Oh, I just don't know if God loves me. I don't know. I mean, you can't let that happen. But you can allow it to happen. It's up to you. It's like that choice I was talking about. It's that choice. Do I allow this to, to wreck me? Do I allow this to stop what I'm doing for God? I mean, you know, when you look around sometimes, you think, what, where is everybody that's supposed to be with me? Where are they? That can bring you down if you allow it to. You know, it's, it, it, sometimes even in... Being here, you know, some people, every little thing is, and, and you know, we need to be, we need to really watch how we portray what God is doing. In other words, if every other thing is more important than God and then being, just being together in fellowship, those around us, our children, our friends, our families, you know, if we say, well, you know, you need to come to church with me. And they're like, well, when do you ever go? I'm just saying, I'm, you know, the, we're here and there's a lot of people and there's people watching online. I'm just saying, what if it's that way and, and you're looking at everybody and you just, you know, it's a great thing to go, but you don't go because everything else is more important. I don't know why I hit on that, but for sure, take it. <laughs> if it's not, it's okay. I'm not beating on anybody. It just, it's important to be in fellowship. Not just you know, just whatever. It's just important to be fellowship. Nothing like seeing your brother or sister and getting a hug. 
especially when things are rough, things are going bad. It's, love to, it's good to get a hug, right? But it's good to hear the Word of God, too. It's good to make sure that you're standing in the Word. It's good to make sure that people around you see that it's important to you. So it's a choice to have strong faith. It's a choice to allow these things inside of you. You know, sometimes you just need to stop what you're doing. Maybe you're watching too much TV. Maybe you're reading too much junk. Maybe you're listening to the news too much. You know, the news is nothing but depressing for the most part, right? And if we allow the Spirit of God to continue to work on the inside of us and we don't allow these things, that's where we get our peace from. That's where we allow peace to come in because we're listening to what God says. Jesus said, John 14, 1, and then in verse 27, says, I am leaving you with a gift a peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. I want to stop right there for a minute. Peace is a gift the world cannot give. The world cries peace. You know, when I was coming up, you know, there's a couple of you that came up about the same time I did, but it was all about peace, and we had the peace symbol. Peace, brother. We see each other, peace, brother. Didn't have a clue what that really meant. Right? I know I didn't in my life. Peace, brother. Peace out and peace in and whatever. But peace is, wow. When I found Jesus and I found out what real peace was, it's, it's so much different. And I have the peace of God on the inside of me that no matter what happened. You know, I'll, let me talk about that in a few minutes. But, but when, I, when I'll talk about some fear and what that does but you know when you don't fear death and I'm not talking about just you know like jump off the top of this building just to see if God I'm not talking about that but when you don't fear death because you know what's next right when you don't fear death there's peace there what if I die well what so I'm kind of getting into another part of my sermon but that's okay what what, what if I die everybody's gonna die right Every earthly human being's going to die. This body's going to die. Our spirit man's going to live forever. And we have a choice of where it's going to live at, heaven or hell. I know people don't like to hear that, but that's, that's the way it is. There's two choices when you die. There's not three or four or halfway in between. There's not a waiting place for 20 years to see if we do good enough. I, no. Straight up. So I'm leaving you with a peace, a gift, peace of mind and heart. Now, let me ask you that it's not just your spirit, man. He said of mind and heart, of the mind and the will and emotions, of the, the, the soulish area. He's giving you peace in that part, too. And we have that peace by listening to what Jesus has to say and what the Word has to say. Amen? We have that, and he's given us that, and he says it's a peace that the world cannot give. There's, um, I, I'll just say fake peace you know what I'm saying it'll keep you happy for a little bit oh it's just it's a peaceful day because you know but th- that's that that's not real peace because real peace lasts <laughs> but that kind of peace doesn't last it lasts for a little bit right a little while you know when you got young kids you know all about that right oh they're asleep honey guess what they're asleep oh what peace 
About 30 minutes later, ah, <laughs> one of them wakes up. And you're like, oh, man. See, that's not real peace. I mean, that's, you know, a little time of rest. <laughs> but, but real peace is that there's peace of mind and heart when we allow the Word of God, when we allow our faith to be strong, allow God to build up on inside of us a strong faith, then no matter what happens, there is a peace there. There is a peace there that keeps you from just totally going out there. And then he says, and the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Wow, that's a pretty strong statement. Don't be troubled or afraid. Have no fear. And don't, be, don't let it trouble you. Stuff's happening, right? Things are happening. And, but guess what? You don't have to be troubled. In other words, you don't have to let it mess you up. And you don't have to be afraid. Because God is still on his throne. God is on the inside of you. Bringing you up. So don't be troubled or afraid. Don't allow it to bring you down. Luke 174 says, We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear. I'll stop there for a moment. You know, one thing that we look at Jesus, he did not yield to fear and unbelief. You think that Jesus didn't have those times where he was like, because it said that he took on everything that we have, so we, he took on that feeling of unbelief. He had the feelings of fear, but he did not yield to it. See, that's the key. He did not yield to it. You know, if you don't yield to something, then it has not much effect on you, right? Those of us who know, like, you know, we see this big whatever, just like new cars, you know, people would see that and it's like, <sighs> gotta have it. Not so much. I've had two new cars in my whole life. And, um, but I could, I could yield to that and say, well, you know, I can go out and they'll let me borrow the money and I can pay for it for the next 10 years or whatever. Get me that nice car. And then when it starts breaking down about halfway through, you're like, what am I going to do now? Because I'm stuck and I can't go any further because I can't get any more money. Do you yield to that? Oh, I want that. And, and that's just a crazy example, I guess. But see, all the trouble, it's, it's, it's a choice for you. You know, we're a new creation in Christ according to the Word, Right? He made us a new creation. Not an old thing made better. We're a new creation in Christ. We're a whole new thing, right? From the inside out. Starts on the inside. So it's our choice to yield to that fear and that doubt or to the troubles that happen around us. It's our choice to yield to that. And you know what? The devil can't make you yield to it. It's up to you. It's your, he, he'll do everything he can to make you want to, but it's your choice whether you do or not. Just like it's your choice whether you accept Christ or not. Jesus is not going to. So we have, we, 
The devil can't make you do it. That old thing of the devil made me do it. Who, who did that years ago? What was his name? Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it, you know. No, he didn't. He might have suggested that you do it, but he didn't make you do it. So, so that's a cop-out. Well, the devil made me do it, so it's okay. Well, no, it's not. He can't make you do anything that you don't really decide to do. <laughs> so, you know, I've heard me use this acronym before. It's a good one of faith. is fear abolished in the heart. Faith is like fear abolished in the heart. I'm going to step out and do what God says, whether it looks crazy, feels crazy, or anything else. So we've been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear. We need to serve God without fear. If God's leading us to it, then go to it. No fear, no matter what's going on. You just go and do it. Um, in the the essence of that is not yielding to the fear. You think that Jesus knew what was going to happen on that cross and it didn't bring some fear to him? It did, but he didn't yield to it. He's like, you know, he even took a little time there one time and said, God, you know, if there's another way, let's, let's, let's take this other way. But there wasn't any other way. And he knew that and he said, Lord, I know there's no other way. So he walked into it knowing what it was going to be like, knowing it was going to not be fun. Has God ever led you into something that's not fun? A few times, <laughs> several times. Not fun. You know, it's, somebody told me one time, um, I can't believe you ever went on another mission trip after you went to Africa because it was not a fun trip. I don't know if there's anything fun about it. <laughs> it was a rough trip. You know, it, it, it was. It was a rough trip, but I saw what God did through what we were doing, even though everything that we were going to do didn't happen, but God ministered through it, and I, I was like, you know, when I got ready to go to Nicaragua, I was like, I'm ready. I don't know what happened but in the past, but I had to get past that, and I did, and God Look what God's done, what, 20 years later almost. He's done a great thing. So no matter what's going on around you, no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on around you, you can still have God's peace on the inside. Did you know that? No matter what's going on, you go, you go through it with the peace of God, that God's got me. God knew what was going to happen. He knows what's going to happen, and he's going to bring me through it, and he's going to love me, and I've got the peace on the inside of me that I need no matter what's happening, no matter what's going all kinds of things. You know what peace is? I'll give you this definition. Peace is freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Freedom from disquieting. So it's not that those thoughts and emotions aren't there, but you're free from them. You have peace even though they're there, right? And I believe the more we get close to God, the more we read his word, there'll be th those thoughts and emotions won't be as often, and sometimes they won't even be there. There's times when I know that God's, I, I had the peace of God. We're going to do this. We're going through it. And I didn't even hardly know there were other stuff going on. We just walked through it. We just walked 
into what God had for us to do. You know, and sometimes God has a plan and nobody else is quite in agreement. Right? Those around you are like, why are you doing this? Makes no sense. It's kind of like I was just thinking we were talking about that this morning. You know, this time in, in Nicaragua, we rented a, a cement mixer. We've always wanted to do that, right? We've even been on, webs- on a work site where they had one, and we were like, all right. And they go, no, you can't use that. And we all walked around like, oh, my goodness. Well, this time we said we're going, and they were like, are you sure? What do you need that for? We just need it. And praise God, it was a, it was a blessing, right? And they even saw that, I'm sure, because we were able to finish, which probably took us two weeks to do. We did it in, in basically two days. Amen? So, so, so we have to sometimes do something when it goes against the grain, even though it makes no sense to anybody around us. We still do it. So no matter what's going on around you, and you, you, you can have those disquieting or oppressive thoughts, things that push against you. Isaiah 26, I'm going to just read some scriptures and talk a little bit about peace. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose what? Thoughts are fixed on you. Our thoughts are fixed on him. All whose what? Thoughts are fixed on him. Not on the situation, not on what's going on, but on him. In Philippians 4, 8, 9, it says, And now, brothers and sisters, one final thing. It's talking to Philippians. One final thing I want to say. This is important, right? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. He's telling you how to get peace. And that's to, to, to think on the things of God. To, to, to fix your thoughts on what's, what the Word says about it, right? What's true and honorable. Think, I love that part where it says, think on those things that are excellent. What are things that are excellent? It's what God says. Those are excellent things. Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. So in other words, if your thoughts are all on the carnal things, on the worldly things, or on the things that used to be, or on the things of what the world says, guess what? It's death. It's going to bring you to a place of where you get despaired. You get dis- dis- into that place. You get pulled down into that place, and it's death to the life that's on the inside. It's death to the things that you need to be doing, right? But it says be spiritually minded. It's life and peace. To have your minds renewed by the Word of God and spiritually, and your minds on the Spirit of God, on the things that are spiritual, you'll have life and peace. What better is there, what better life is there than to be doing what God's called you to do? Nothing. I don't care how easy your job was or how much money you're making through it. If you're not doing what God's called you to do, there's no life in it and there's no peace in it. Because, you know, a lot of people that, that do that, 
and they make tons of money, they're afraid somebody's going to try to get it from them. So they do all they can to keep that from happening. And so they're concerned or worried all the time about, well, you know, so, so, I can't let nobody know I have this. I can't let nobody because they're going to get it. You're worried about the stock markets. Our investments need to be in God. And if you have money in the stock market, your faith needs to be in God that he's going to take care of it. Even though this, if you saw it this past week, it was not pretty. And I have to, there's a little thing on my iPad, so when I'm reading or whatever, and if I swipe too far, it always tells me that. And I'm like, stop. I don't want to see that. Because it's in the red, and that's not good. But you know what? My trust is not in that. It's in him. Amen? So I need to be spiritually minded, not carnally minded. And in the New Living, it says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So if we let the carnal thoughts control us, then there's death. But if we let the Spirit control our minds, there's life and peace. So it's, it's all about what's con, what, what are you letting your mind, controlling your mind. Did you know that you can't be in control of everything that goes on around you? Right? I can't, even though I try. I, you know, I, got, I, got, I have a, I don't know if it's four or five years old, but Peggy and I, the other night, we like, she likes to ride around on the golf cart. So we got on the golf cart, and we go by my muscadine vine. How many people know what a muscadine is? It's like a black scuppernine. And it's just slap dead. The leaves have turned brown, fell off, and there's still some fruit on it, but it's not going to get ripe. It just died overnight. I'm like, what in the world happened? Well, I had no control over that. Right? But you know what? So I guess I'll get another one. So what do you do other than that? I could have just cried and said, I've been babying that thing and watering it and doing this and doing that. And you have to choose what you're going to do with that. Right? I know that's, you think that's just a crazy example, but I had to choose whether I'm going to, you know, lay down there in the grass beside of it and cry about it, or am I going to say, you know what, I'm going to get me another one. Because there's nothing I can do to re that I know of. If anybody knows a way to revive it, let me know. But, um, and then there were all kinds of, um, did somebody come by and poison it? What? Come by and, they would have poisoned everything, right? Or we're doing, you know, they got these little worms that crawl down there and kill the roots. I don't know if it's something like that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So you can't be in control of everything that goes around you. But you can be in control of what gets in you because of Jesus who is on the inside of you. When you allow his spirit to change you and change your mind. You can be spiritually minded. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you think. Or renewing your mind. King James says renew your mind. But I like this because it says, By changing the way you think. Let God transform you. Don't let the customs and the way people act in the world, don't let that be what makes you who you are. 
says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Did you know God's will for you is good? Amen? It's pleasing. It will satisfy you. It will satisfy the longings in your heart. It will satisfy your mind. It will satisfy you. And it's perfect. It's complete. It's, there's no flaw in God's will for you. You might not like it necessarily. God may call you to do something you don't really necessarily thought you'd ever do or ever want to do. You know, you can't let thoughts of, un, of doubt and unbelief control your mind. Because you'll never do anything past what you're doing now. If you let doubt and unbelief control your mind. And you know, you begin to say, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Look what's happening around me. What am I going to do? Get in God's Word. Seek Him. Pray. Get in fellowship with other believers. Let the Spirit of God, allow the Spirit of God to change you, change your mind, change the way you think. And don't let it let you get, you know, people can get angry when things aren't going right. Right? You get testy. You get kind of short with everybody. Right? I experience that sometimes, and people are like, what's wrong with you? Then I begin to realize what I've allowed to happen. What I've allowed to happen, and I'll get upset. You know, there's sometimes there are things that you just can't do anything about. It's done happen. Right? You can't do anything about it. It's it, it, it done happen. You park your car somewhere and a bird just messes it all up. And you just washed it. Well, the only thing you can do is go wash it again. But you can get upset about it. Or you can just go on. So stop fretting. Everybody knows what fretting is? That's a, fretting is a southern term, I think. Right? What you fretting about? I think they used to use that a lot more than they do now. So stop. Stop getting angry. Stop being upset about everything that's happening and going on in your life. Begin to allow God to change that. You know what? You should be able to rest right now. In other words, no matter what's going on, you should be able to rest. Because I want to tell you, if you don't, and I, and I know from experience, it'll make the next day even harder. Right? If you don't learn to rest in the midst of troubles, it makes them worse. And you just, and you could continue that route. So you need to rest before the symptoms change. Before everything changes, you need to learn to rest. Right? Because if you wait for them to change, you might 
not be getting any rest for a long time. But you need to learn how to rest in God. And I'm kind of going places I didn't know I was going to go. But it's all with the peace and the thoughts. And I probably may not finish this. But I want us to understand that when we learn to rest in God, even though it's, nothing seems to have changed. Nothing seems to have changed. But if we can learn to rest in God and realize. On, on the way here this morning, I, I was kind of had a little whatever. Peggy wasn't riding with me, and I just came, and I'm coming up the road. And I thought, I'll just be honest with you. Is that okay? I'm like, is anybody going to be in church this morning? Because last week wasn't nobody here. And that, you know, that, when you look out there, you're kind of like, oh, well. But God said, why are you concerned about that? Let me take care of that. It's not going to change anything for you to fret about it or think about it or allow it to affect you. So you know what I did? I started praying. I started singing. I changed the, my little streaming music to something different. And I just got happy before I got the wax saw. I was excited. That's about halfway of my trip here. So, we need to learn how to rest right now. In the midst of all the thoughts, in the midst of all the things, in the midst of all the troubles, we need to learn how to rest in God. You know, I think when we get rested, sometimes things will start to change because we're causing a lot of that stuff. Because, you know, when we get restless and we get angry and we get upset and we start barking at people, well, they're going to bark back at us, right? It's going to make a difference. So it don't make things better, right? I know that's not proper English, but it, it sounds better. It don't make things better. If we can learn to rest, say, Lord, I know, you know what? I know you've got this thing, and I just need to calm down. I just need to learn to rest in you and thank you. So I, I came in here this morning, and I just got here at the altar, and I turned on the music, and I just began to rest in him. And, you know, there are other things going on, but that was, you know, so we need to learn how to rest now. You know, there was a song called In the Sweet By and By. We, that's good, but we need to learn to rest in the now and now, not in the sweet by and by, because if our only rest is in the sweet by and by, we're going to have a rough time getting to the sweet by and by. So we need to learn to rest now. And that's faith. That's having faith. That's having faith in God. You know, you can say, in Romans 8, it talks about being fully persuaded. And we talked about persuasion, but we need to be persuaded by the Word, persuaded by God and not the things on the outside. I want, I want to have a special time of prayer this morning that God has instructed me, so I'm going to read something to you that's, that's not in the notes or anything. But I want to um, read this. I've heard it before, and somebody posted it this morning on Facebook. And I thought, well, this, this, that's good because I want to do that this morning. And it's, um, <laughs> I'll, and I'll pick up on this next time. 
It says, watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, because they become actions. Watch your actions, because they become what? Habits. Watch your habits, because they become character. They determine who you are. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. It's what you'll end up as. So you watch your thoughts because they become words. If, like, as I said earlier, if you want to know what somebody thinks, just hang out with them a little while. Because it's going to come out their mouth at some point in time, right? It's going to come out of their mouth. And your words become actions. You start doing what you say. You start doing what you're coming out of your mouth. You start doing that. You start being that. And then your actions become your habits. When you start doing something, it becomes a habit, right? We all have habits, right? And, and I'm probably, Peggy would say, I, I get up in the morning and I do stuff in order. I know that makes my OCD show out, but it really does. I do this and then I do that and then I do that and then I do that. And if it gets out of whack, then I'm upset. They become habits. What does it matter if I brush my teeth before I shave or if I shave before I brush my teeth? Some of you say, you mean you really do that? Yes, unfortunately. Maybe it's a good thing. That way I know I get everything done that I want to do. So your habits become character. What you habitually do becomes who you actually are. Right? Right? And your character becomes your destiny. In other words, your character becomes what you end up doing. You know, today, God has awesome things for us to do. And in this day and time, it doesn't get any easier to do what God's called us to do. Um, But we have to keep going. And keep doing what God calls us to do. We have to keep our thoughts right. We have to have right thinking, not wrong thinking. We have to, to continue to renew. We have to trust God in everything that we do. We have to have faith instead of fear and doubt and confusion. We have to trust God. For He alone is worthy. God is who You know, if you truly know Christ and you can truly see how he's changed who you are, there's peace in that too. There's peace in the fact that I don't even know if I'd be alive if I hadn't accepted Christ and started living for him. It's more than just accepting him. Right? Just making that commitment. Then there's a life change that goes on from that point on. And that's where some people make a mistake. I accepted Christ, so I go on with my life. I've got him. I've got my ticket. Well, that's not it. <laughs> he promises a life of peace here on earth. Not just, in, as I said, in the sweet by and by or in heaven, but here on earth. And let's stand this morning. I, I want to do two things. I want all that are here, the youth, 
to just come forward. Because I know next week around here, school starts. And those who have already went to college, you know, if you want to come stand in for them, come stand in. But you know what? God's got. Wow. Some of you are going into high school and middle school, and there's just so much change. And there's a lot of difference in that, right? And, and I want to just pray for you this morning that, that, that you can put your faith and your trust in God. So, well, I, you know, I've, I've thought about things differently, and I think this is, you need to know what God's Word says. Because that's what takes you to the place that you need to be. That's what gives you your peace, not this worldly stuff and worldly things. So I want to pray. If those of you would stretch your hands, if anybody wants to come up, and pray you can but I, I want to pray for them first of all and those those who aren't here we, we, we cover them too God has, has done some awesome things in our youth and he's continuing to parents you know as much as you can let your youth be here and experience what God has you know they had a great time at the conference and you know, we want to keep that fire going. And that's one way you do it is to be in fellowship just like with us. So, Father, yeah, as a youth leader especially, y'all come up and be a part of this. You know, we want to pray, you know, for all of them, for our, our kids, everybody that's here today. Our teachers, those of you who are teachers, just all of you come up at one time. We'll just do all this together. And um, we're going to pray for the youth first, but everybody else come on this side. If you're teacher, kids, whatever in school. If your kids aren't here and you, you want to come stand in for them, just come stand in for them. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, I lift our youth up to you this morning. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in their lives and what you're going to continue to do. I thank you for those that are here. Father, that you begin to show them the way. Show them what you have in store for them. Let them realize. Let there be a, a, a click in their spirit that says, you know what, Lord, I, I've been trying to pull away from who you want me to be and who I am in you and what I am. But right now, I'm, I'm turning it back over to you. And Lord, I pray for these leaders here as, as they begin to touch them and they they be led by the spirit in everything that they do and lord i pray for this school year i lift up those who are in college matthew and and whoever else lord that father just we lift them up to you give them peace give them the strength to stand in, in faith for what you you've done in their lives and they're going to continue to do that and lord give their parents strength to encourage them and Father, we thank you for what you're doing in their lives and what you're going to continue to do in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift up these children to you. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives. And Father, the, the, the new ventures that they have and the things, and, and, the, and, and Amanda as a teacher. And Father, we just thank you for that and all those who are teaching. Father God, we thank you for all our preschool teachers, Lord. We've already prayed for them, but we pray for them again. We lift up to you, Lord, that, that you give peace. Give, peace thank you Lord just give her this little sweetheart peace 
Give her peace, Father God, as she goes into a new venture and give little Allie peace and wisdom. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. And I pray for those children and those teenagers and those youth who aren't here, Father God, we lift them up to you. We lift up. Wow. Jace and Brendan to you, Father God, we lift up Kelsey. We lift up any of those else that are in the youth that aren't here this morning. Pray for them. We pray for Jonathan and Adeline as you touch their lives and begin to touch them. As you give Ray and Pat wisdom on how to touch their lives when they're with them, Father God, and we thank you for that. Lord, we just thank you. We lift everybody up to you. We thank you, God, for your peace and your joy and your understanding. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're going to see some exciting things come out of all these youth and children in the future, this year and into next year, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And I, I want to pray also, as we're talking about strong faith, this morning, if, if you just lift your hand if you say, you know what, I, I need to strengthen. I really do need to work on strengthening my faith. I want to operate in strong faith. I want to be able, just like Paul, to hear somebody, like Paul, when Paul spoke, he said, I'm praying, I'm thanking you for your strong faith that affected me. We need to affect those around us this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray for all of those that are here today and all those that are raising their hands and say, you know what, I want to be an example of strong faith to those around me. I want to be an example of that. So, Father, we lift them up to you this morning. We thank you for touching their lives and their hearts. And I thank you, God, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, I thank you for giving me strength that I can strengthen my faith and be more like you, Father. We praise you. Pray for those online who are in agreement with us this morning. And we just thank you and praise you, Father. We give you all the grace and the mercy. We thank you that you're, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, we have something special. If, Matt, if you come up here. The Kearns, yeah. Where's the little deaf one? He's in the class. That's okay. We just want to thank them. You know, they came to us. They've been here a, a year. A year. And, you know, they, they, they went through our class and joined us. So when do we become members. I said, well, you're already members as far as I'm concerned, but we, we just wanted to bring them up this morning, recognize them as being, you know, it's great when God calls somebody and you know it. I knew when they walked in the door, I really did. It's like, these people, there's something about them. And they, I think, said about the same thing. We're, we're supposed to be here. So it's great when people, God brings people in. So let's just pray for them as what God has for them here and in their lives. Father, we thank you for Matt and Erica and Declan and Brenda, we thank you for them. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives. We thank you, God, that you joined them with us. Thank you that they are a part of us. They're a part of the Image Church family. And we thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, we just express love to them and thanks for them for coming in and stepping in and becoming a part and doing what they could do to further your kingdom through Image Church, Father. So we thank you for that this morning. We praise you. We thank you for them. Lord, just let them, let, it, let them know how much we love them and thank God that he's brought them here to us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. If everybody would, just, just give them a big hug this morning. Darren's going to give some announcements. And hallelujah.
Yeah, Matt survived a week in Nicaragua with us, so he's he's definitely one of us now. Bless his heart. Pray for him. We have a lot of announcements. Uh, couples weekend's coming up um, September 23rd through 24th. Please sign up for that. It's sign-up sheet out there. Pastor uh, Rod Reed and his wife, Shashar, will be uh, They're from Georgetown, South Carolina. Um, he serves on the board of EFI with Pastor Bill. He's a great guy. It's going to be a great weekend, so please sign up for that. The sign-up sheet's out there. Um, don't worry about the $20. Just get it to me <clears throat> when you can. That's just paying for some lunch, um, so please do that. Ladies Fellowship will be on the third, I think it's thirteenth of September. Um, September. Who said so? really? Wow, just wow. Um, there's no sign up sheet yet, but please mark that calendar. I think Miss Peggy's going to be cooking um, a big dinner. She's laughing. I think might be pizza, pizza night. I think y'all going to start talking about 2023. I think. It's going to be the big, big discussion that night. Um, Wednesday night fellowship on the 21st of September. I can't say that word because um, I turn 40 next month. Right? I'm 40, right? Uh, the Wednesday night fellowship will be Pastor Bill's making chicken bog. You got to sign up for that. It's, no sign-up sheet yet, but it'll be here next week. Please mark that date. The adult uh, discipleship will be starting back on the 14th of September, so don't forget that. And um, tonight, today, we have our uh, missions offering. Huh? Oh, um. Betty's telling me the new, new uh, devotionals are here. Please pick up one. Um, and we also will be offering um, our friend back there in the back. Wave your hand. He's going to be taking the church van out. So anybody who wants to come to a service on uh, Wednesday night or fr Friday night, whatever, when we have a special service, we're going to have uh, the van rolling. So if you need somebody to come pick you up, if, if you're a ute, Wave. Ute. Um, or if you're an adult and you need somebody to pick you up, um, our brother will be picking you up in the church van and taking you home. So that's awesome. Appreciate him for doing that. So that's available to you. Everybody, anything else? I think that's all. Have a great week, and we will see y'all next Sunday. He's holding you up.